We used to be cool, a podcast for moms. We hope you'll join us each week as we pause the craziness to remember that we're not alone and that being a mom is actually really cool. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to We Used to Be Cool. We are so excited tonight. We're here with one of our very good friends, Becky Cook. She is um, my neighbor, my pediatrician's wife, (laughs) my small group leader, my very close friend. And so we're so excited that she's here. Um, Becky, do you want to start and just tell us about your family, where you live, what you do, all those things? I live next to Zan (laughs) in Wilmington, North Carolina. I have a husband who's a pediatrician, Zan's pediatrician, and Hannah's pediatrician. (laughs) And I have four children. I have a 16-year-old daughter, a 14-year-old son, an 11-year-old son, and a 6-year-old daughter. So I get to do all the things. We're learning to read and learning to date at the same time. (laughs) So it's pretty fun. And tell us their names. Uh, Natalie, Sutton, Beckett, and Maggie Joy. Sutton is... So cute. They're all named after us. So Natalie's named after Nate. Beckett is named after me, Becky. Sutton is named after a family name. And Maggie's named after one of my best friends. I love that. I always thought about that with Natalie and Beckett, but I never actually heard you say that they were officially, like, named after you. I assumed so, but I didn't know that for sure. That's very cute. Um, Okay, so you also have um, undertaken a big task of writing a book, a memoir? What would you call it? I don't want to say it's a memoir. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's inspirational. I don't know. Real something book. Stories from your life and stories from kind of your life as an adult, though, really, right? Yeah, I would. It probably is a memoir, but I always think of that as like famous people write memoirs. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I don't to think me, so. I don't think normal. Like <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and Will Smith write memoirs. Yes. You know. But Beth anybody Moore. who. Anyone who has a story to tell. So good. Yeah, please let me and Becky talk about Beth Moore's memoir. Please. I need this to be three hours so I can tell y'all about me meeting Beth Moore. That will be in the future sometime. Um, okay, so yeah, talk to us about it, though. Tell us about your book. Um, so I'm hopefully writing a book. I am writing a book. I am about 45,000 words in. Um, it's a book for women. I It started because we lived in Kenya as missionaries, and we wrote... A, I wrote a blog to keep people kind of posted on what was happening, and it's there's always something fun happening when you live cross-culturally. So for people that were back in the States to follow, and I had a handful of people say, you should put this in a book. These stories are so great. You're such a great writer, whatever, and I just always thought, okay, maybe I one day. So I actually, um, my daughter, Maggie Joy, is the six-year-old, started school this year. So I found myself, after 16 years of being at home with kids, I'm also a nurse, but I haven't worked as a nurse in a couple of years, Um, at least not full-time. So I found myself thinking, what am I going to do with my time now, which I think is a phase that a lot of moms hit eventually. Um, And so I thought, oh, maybe I'll take a little while and see if I could put my blog into a book. So I sat down thinking, oh, I'll just look back at my blog and write. And instead, stories from yesterday or the day before, the week before kind of came to mind. So I started to write. And I really thought anyways that I would write about women that have encouraged me and 
I never really know how to describe it very well, but the book is called The Hope You Have. And so I feel like I'm probably a natural encourager. I grew up with a mom that was a natural encourager. And um, I just love having relationships with women. Um, And they have, those relationships have really bolstered me through a lot of hard things that I've gone through. And so I wanted to kind of share. And I also realized um, from talking with different people that I've gone through a lot of different things that are all kind of common to women, but that not all women have gone through. So like infertility, um, miscarriage, living overseas, um, adoption. I've lost my mom now. She was, I would say, kind of young still. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so grieving at kind of a young age. Um, I don't know what other things, but just felt like, oh, maybe I could have at least a chapter about each of these things. And some woman could at least relate. Yeah. Relate. Thanks for the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought, okay, and I can write this book about this and then it can be a book to encourage women to encourage other women is really the goal of the book. And the hope you have comes from first Peter three. I was memorizing that with my son who was memorizing it for school and it basically is always be ready to give a reason for the hope you have. And so while we could look at it as these are such hard things I've been through and these were all the terrible things that happened, um, because really if I look at my life, I don't see terrible things that have happened. I see Mm -hmm. all the great things that have happened. Um, But just knowing that God has given me hope through all of the things and a lot of the time through encouragement through other women, I would love to share those stories with people. And some of them are really funny and some are, hard or whatever, but just to be able to share the truth. And another thing we were talking about I really value is when people are real. And so I want to share, um, I actually haven't written a single word about adoption. Our youngest daughter is adopted. And that was a really hard thing to go through in the beginning. Um, I had read all the books and thought I was ready for it. And then it kind of hit me out of nowhere. Like she wasn't really attaching to me. And I was the one that read all the attachment books. <laughs> and I was ready doing all of the things you're supposed to do. And I felt like we really weren't attaching to each other. And that's another story for another day. Or you can read it in my book when it comes out. <laughs> um, but just sharing kind of those hard things with people that are going through those things as well, I guess. Instead of competing with other women, um, just being able to encourage them. I feel like that was a really long description. No, it was so good. No, but, no, was so and good. I feel like that's even the part just now about the attachment thing and sharing those stories that people may not admit to anyone or say out loud. And so then you read it and you're like, well, I'm not alone. Like other people have experiences or felt this or are feeling this. And I think that's such an encouragement right there. And yeah, I definitely in the middle of the night looked up postpartum depression in adoption and couldn't find anything about it or like. I would try to talk to a friend who had a new baby that they'd adopted or they were older than, and I would say, it was so hard. And then they'd say, oh, yeah, but then the next day you were, like, so attached and couldn't. And I was like, actually, no, it wasn't the next day. (laughs) I was just, it it wasn't. I don't know. And then I would feel like I couldn't tell them. Um, So Mm -hmm. just kind of being real and putting it out there. There's so much about adoption out there, but I feel like there's really not a lot about that part of it being hard. There's a lot about it being hard on lots of levels for not that. all parties involved, but maybe not that aspect. I don't know. Yeah. I, I also have heard about um, like sharing, like when you do share something that's hard or 
something that you don't want to tell anyone, like that you are going to come, like you feel shame or embarrassment or whatever. And when you share that with someone, they look at you and see bravery. Like it's so brave of you to say that and Mm -hmm. like to share that. And they're not going to respond to you in like, what the heck or anything. yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like that's such a good reminder too, is like, yeah, it's so brave to share the hard things. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I cannot wait to read your book. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. And I think you're right. You are such a natural encourager and also just someone that, like, is such a good friend to people constantly. And, like, even though you're a very busy person, obviously you have four kids, you're writing a book, you're teaching a class, which we haven't even gotten to, and you have all these things going on. You never fail to make time for people Mm -hmm. to welcome people to your house. Like you always, it's to me, you're like the busiest person on this earth because you always have either someone coming to visit you. You're going to visit someone. (laughs) You're making dinner for someone. It's like always something. And you have four kids who are playing sports and doing this and doing that. But like you never seem stressed or overwhelmed either. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? (laughs) I don't even know. I'm trying to calculate everything you just said. It's kind of overwhelming. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, I do all this. I'm like, wait, I do that stuff. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I really, I guess I'm a true extrovert. So I get energy from having other people around and doing things with other people. And actually such an, uh, I guess, an encouragement or like, for me to be able to do those things with other people. I don't know. I'm thinking about like Sunny's birthday and I can't remember what, like I told you where sunflowers were or something. Zan needed sunflowers oh, for yeah. Sunny's birthday. And I don't know. I like, I was like, we maybe I'll in the car. I, well, I was like, maybe I'll just come with you. And you're like, okay. Uh-huh. And so then I just got to kind of run with you to like, I don't know if we picked the boys up from school or had, anyway, go to the you airport. Had to go to the airport. Oh yeah. <laughs> because you had to take someone's car to the airport for them because <laughs> you are. Natural helper. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, well, instead of taking me home, I'll just go help you buy the flowers. And we don't have to get out of the car. But for you, that sounds helpful to you. But for me, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I get to be involved in Sunny's birthday. Cause I'm like, I would love to just be an auntie. Right. And I don't really have like little nieces and nephew. I just have stinky teenage boy nephews <laughs> that I love and I'm actually it's really fun now that we're home they one of them at least comes over almost every Saturday so it's fun kind of getting to know him and his personality anyways that's been really a fun thing about being on this side of the ocean oh yeah that's cool I didn't know that but yeah I just think you're very good at like that example of Sunny's birthday just like jumping in without thinking about anything else you might should be doing or need to be doing like it wasn't like a well I could just go with her but I do need to do this this and this which is the way my brain works Mm -hmm. like as much as I want to be a helper I'm like but I really need to get that meal in the crock pot and I need to make sure that load of laundry's folded and I'm just not good at forgetting those like I'm prioritizing the wrong things and I think you prioritize relationships really well Mm -hmm. I agree (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'll just say, okay, you thanks. Know. I don't know. <laughs> Are you into the Enneagram? I can't remember. Well, I, I can't. I'm not sure. Oh. Everyone not. says okay. I'm a seven. <laughs> I feel like I'm a one when I read it because I actually like things to be very organized. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I haven't really figured it out. Okay. And I could see you being as the one thing, too, is like a little bit black and white in, as far as like what you believe. Like, this is what I believe. This is what I know to be true. And I don't kind of steer from that. There's not a lot of gray for me is a one thing, right? Hannah? Yeah. And also, um, I was listening to an Enneagram podcast the other day and they were saying you can never type someone only your, you can type your own self because you're the only person that knows what's motivating you to do the things that you're doing. Right. So 
um, shame on Dan for <laughs> for typing she you. Said everyone thinks she's a everyone says kidding. it. Just no, I would assume you are too. Which I'm, is a great I'm here for the party, so yeah. they just think that's number seven. You I and guess. Judson. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hang out with Judson. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so tell us before we started recording, you were talking about because of writing your book, having four kids, all the other things going on, how important flexibility's been for you, and having to kind of navigate your time and your schedule so that you can fit in this thing that's important to you when all these other things keep popping up. Yeah. So I guess as much as I would really love for my life to be very scheduled, like I, there's a mom friend in my life that I just idolize (laughs) because she always has like the menu up and I'm pretty sure she sticks to the menu every week. And like they just, things just run like clockwork at their house. And forever I was kind of beating myself up over it because I'm like oh I just that that would be so good for my kids like I have one kid with ADD and I just feel like which I'll tell you before I had a kid before I had children there were so many things that I was like is that even real and now that I have a kid and like I've done the Vanderbilt survey for ADD as I was reading I was like yes yes wait all those things are it oh my gosh yes so just the whole having four kids I think makes you flexible because you realize None of these four kids are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but anyways, um, I don't really remember where I was with that. Just well, about. she, you were idolizing your friend. For oh yeah, so I was perfect. idolizing her. I'm not going to say her name because <laughs> she'd be like, what? <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah. So that is actually my tendency. So I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. But I think this, I guess, seven-ish or whatever it is, like, I'm, I wish I had it, but I don't wish enough to actually make it happen because mm-hmm. as a friend pointed out, she's like, yeah, but when your kid gets in the car after school and is like, can we go to the library and get a book? And you're not like, no, because we have to get home because dinner has to be ready by 530 and I still needed to do these things. You're like, yeah, sure. Let's go to the library and get another book. She's like, so you can still see that as a positive. Mm-hmm. So I guess the flexibility just has to come because I want I guess deep down, I just want everybody to have the things that they want at that time that will be the best for them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think deep down, I believe the best for them would be a nice schedule. <laughs> but in the moment, I'm like, oh, he really wants a book. Okay. Um, is that how your mom was when you were for young? For sure, yeah. yes. My mom, this is terrible, but I'm going to tell you all anyway. <laughs> so, and now that I'm a mom with kids that have a hard time getting out of bed, I mean, the one that has a hard time getting out of bed drives herself now, so <laughs> we don't have the argument in the morning anymore, which has been so nice. <laughs> but I'm seeing now, my mom is a genius. I think the older you get, the more you're like, my mom is a genius. Because um, I think she probably bribed us <laughs> to get up and out of the bed by a certain time, and then she would take us by Bojangles almost every morning. Oh, wow. We would be in the drive-thru at Bojangles, and then my brother would hop out and go next door to get, like, sun drop for him and whatever for me and hop back in the car. So, but the real story is that if one of us wanted McDonald's and one of us wanted Bojangles, we would go to McDonald's and Bojangles because she's like, I mean, why not? It's just right here. And so like, I can totally see myself now that I'm just kind of catered to everyone's very spoiled and... I mean, I feel like they're okay, but they are very spoiled. They're good kids, though. So yeah, they're they nice. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's it still, still remains to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so. So funny. yeah, I just think, and, and we were talking about my book that I really like. I don't have a hard deadline. I was saying that I would love to have it done by 
either my mom's birthday, which is August 30th, or November 4th, which is the day she passed, which I'm thinking maybe November 4th is better, um, just to kind of redeem that day and let it be a special day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I started writing when Maggie started school, and I was like, okay, I'm going to hit it hard. This is going to be my job. I'm going to do this like it's a job. And I did. I worked on it like four hours every day, and I got a lot of words written, Um, I listened to a lot of podcasts about how to write books and, you know, just other people that have written books that are moms of young kids that are doing it in the pockets of time or whatever. Um, And, oh my gosh, you guys, I can't remember what I was even saying. No, but you were just saying how, and then literally Maggie got sick, and then Sutton got sick, and then Thanksgiving Right, yeah, I didn't say that when we're recording, yeah, so that's, (laughs) I'm confused about what was said before. Okay, we can cut that out. Okay, sorry, thanks. Um, Yeah, so... I was working on the book really well, and then one of my kids got sick, or a kid in his class got sick, and he's in a very small school. He goes to a different school from his siblings. They had to shut the whole school down for a week. Then the next week, his sister got sick with the flu for a week. She was home, and then the next week, back at his school, someone had hand, foot, mouth. They were home for another week, so three weeks in November, leading right us right up to Thanksgiving. And then I was like, no, it's a holiday. I mean, I just, I can't do it. Right. So I put it off to January and then I was saying, and then I realized my nursing license expired and I need to get it back up. I need 30 hours of CEUs. I'm going to have to work on that. And Natalie, my daughter that's 16, um, they needed someone to teach a class at her school, an elective. What elective? Home economics. Okay, girl. <laughs> it's not actually home economics. It's called life skills. I really wanted it to be called home economics because I just wanted to teach them how to shop at Aldi and <laughs> make a grocery list and stuff. Um, but it's ended up being five girls. And this is just how the Lord works is that it's just five junior high girl or junior girls in high school. Um, my daughter is one of them, so I will be there roughly 200 hours, and I just think, because when you have your first little firstborn that's perfect, and then all of a sudden they are 16, and they're almost going off to college, <laughs> you are grasping for every minute with that child. Um, so I'm like, I just got 200 hours with my kid that I normally wouldn't have with her, and with her friends. I just love teenagers, and they just challenge me and inspire me, and it's like getting to be in a different generation. I don't know how to explain that, but... I feel like there's so much to learn from them because they're growing up in a different time. And it's just been so fun. And the Lord, I have just been praying at the end of last year that God would give me disciple, people to disciple. And he uh, like opened my eyes and was like, look, you have these five that you get to disciple Monday through Friday for one hour. So I am just super excited about that. And the life skills can just go in any direction I want it to. And it's fun. I'm going to have my dad teach him how to change a tire and jump their car. And uh, cool. That'll I'm going to have so another cool. friend who's a really good cook come and show him how to make like a really good meal. And oh, that's fun. I know. It's really fun. Just that's kind of really fell cool. on my lap. So, um, yeah. So, again, that's something that I'm planning for and having to do and um, wasn't really planning on doing till the beginning of January. So, I've put the book off till February 1st and then I'm going to hit it hard again. So, that's great. But I think even taking on that class is something that so many moms would be like, you know, I do not have time for that. <laughs> like, next, sorry, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but you're just so willing to jump into something like that. Listen, I'm going to put a plug in for this girl who created this curriculum. It's called Gather Around Homeschool. And it's kind of a big deal, I guess, because she's got a lot of stuff and a really cool website. What's her name? 
I don't know her name. I just know Gather Around Homeschool. I'm not really following her, but a friend of mine who homeschools had sent me, because we were thinking about homeschooling one of my kids, this life skills curriculum probably a year and a half ago. So I went back to it because they didn't give me a curriculum at the school. It was basically like, these are goals and objectives and good luck. So I was like, okay, what am I going to actually do in class? And I remembered the curriculum, went back to it. And it's just so fun. Even in the first week, they talked about like the hashtag adulting and Karen's in the world and learning how to control your emotions and so it was like really up to date and fun and we made a reel of making pancakes and just different ways to learn and stuff so it's really cool but anyways I just wanted to plug the gather around homeschool if you're a homeschooling mom or thinking about it check it out because it incorporates like every subject into that's really cool the different units anyway that's really fun I'm not a homeschooling mom I repeat I am not a homeschooling (laughs) mom nor will I ever be hopefully Lord please don't make me um so but I do know that one little tip sounds good might try it out depending on where Murphy gets there you go (laughs) (laughs) um that's funny do you yeah I was just thinking of um I was thinking about that the other day, like you only have like Natalie 16 and moving out soon. And it just goes by so fast. I even literally with Fletcher being three the other day, I was like, Judson, because we like feel like we're going to live in our house for the rest of our lives. Like we're like, this is probably our forever home. Like we're going to stay here 30, you know, whatever. And then I was like, wait a minute these kids aren't going to be here forever. Like Fletcher's only going to be here for 15 more years. That's like nothing. When you think about forever and like uh-huh. being old to people, I'm like, there's only 15 more years. He's like, would you stop please? We're <laughs> <laughs> like choking up. Cause we only have 15 years left. I can't imagine how it feels to only have uh-uh. two. Like I'll tell you what you can do is <laughs> wait till your youngest is five and then adopt a newborn. <laughs> and that will extend your parenting out. It will make you young forever. That's what we're saying. Yes, same as my parents. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's, I don't know, it's just very, even me, just Murphy going to kindergarten, I'm like, oh, I'm so yeah. anxious. And I just, I know that it's going to be, I mean, he seems, it seems like he was born yesterday. Yeah. And now he's already about to be five. And I just dread the day. But luckily, we're going to turn this garage into an apartment. He's going to go to UNCW. He's going to go right here. <laughs> right I want to ask Becky if you have any and I didn't prep you for this or anything I didn't tell you this before I was just kind of thinking of it while you were talking any like advice for moms that are in our stage like younger kids like our old like Zan just said our oldest child combined is only he's only four and a half or almost five but anything that you would like share or like be like I don't know. Tips. I mean, I think my biggest tip is don't take yourself so seriously. Uh Or, I mean, you need to take your parenting seriously, but I think we put so much undue pressure on ourselves about, at least I know I do, like every little thing. Like with Natalie, especially my firstborn, I mean, if I felt like Nate like talked too harshly to her, I would like project it out. For an eternity, like, if we talk to her that way, she's going to let some boy talk to her. I mean, he, and y'all know Nate, right? Like, he doesn't even have, like, a loud, mean voice, like, ever. He just, it's impossible. So, but any, like, little, like, raised, I would just be like, don't, you know, and anything I would do, too, I would just, like, judge myself on every little thing. Like, what is she going to think about herself if I do this this way? And I would just, like, project it out to, like, how she's going to be when she's a mom and all of these things and... I just feel like now, even now, the older I get and the more I'm learning, because with having a teenager that just got their license, it's like we've kind of landed on, which probably 
through your parents too. We're really good friends with Zan and Hannah's parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and just love having watched them parent, um, just trusting our kids. And I had, we have a girl that's kind of nannied for us. And she told me that once too, like, it just makes a big deal if your kids know you trust them. And I think that trust word just kind of came in my mind, at least for older kids. Um, and it's really worked so far. It's like, we trust you. And your parents had said, you're raising children to become adults, right? Mm -hmm. And so just being able to trust them and love them. But I think even more now, I think that it sounds maybe cliche or whatever, like just letting them know they are loved instead of like, they need to be able to, I want little soldiers that obey right when I say so that, you know, people see that we are, we have it together and they're all obeying right away mm -hmm. because I don't obey right away. Mm -hmm. And I, a lot of the time remind myself, especially with teenagers, I think as believers, we want our teenager to like know the Lord the way I know the Lord. I just want her to have that relationship. And I think to myself, especially when this life skills class has already taught me so much because we talked about what life skills are and um, how do you get, like what things are you good at? What things are you bad at? And it had this great question, again, this curriculum. Um, how, did, how are you good at the things you're good at? Why are you good at those things? Why do you think? And the answer, of course, was because I've done it a lot because I do it every day or whatever. And you have to kind of, lived through that experience to gain that wisdom and I we want our kids to like know Jesus that way that deeply and just like want to serve him and love him and know him and I think gosh I didn't know him that way when I was 15 I think I wanted to but I didn't and so just kind of like trusting the process and coming alongside and just loving your kids and of course I know y'all have talked about the parenting book that we all love so much mm -hmm. um, that was great too about just letting your kids like know that they're the priority, that you mm -hmm. love them above all else, above mm -hmm. their, what they do for you, what they do in their life, whatever. But mm -hmm. I think trying not to take yourself so seriously. And I say that on this grandparenting child that we're doing, we call Maggie our, that we're grandparenting because <laughs> we feel like we're so old. Um, I'll be 45 in a couple of weeks. So, um, and she's six, but um, we aren't really grandparents, but um it, it does feel like for me, like with her, I feel like I'm a lot more at ease about like every little thing isn't a deal breaker. Like mm -hmm. if she doesn't go to bed at the right time or in the right way or whatever, like it's not going to impact her life forever. Um, mm -hmm. So it just takes a lot of pressure off and you can have more fun, I guess. I know it's giving, I hate giving advice to people that, that was are great in, advice. in the thick of it though, because I remember being in the thick of it Yeah, and it's so I hard. love hearing advice though from someone who's, a little bit out of this thick, at least yeah. you're in a different kind of thick, but. Oh no. Yeah. We left your birthday party with Sunny <laughs> and Nate was like, I am so glad we're not still in that phase. Did you see everybody was just having to like chase their toddlers around? Cause there were all these little kids there. Right. And everybody's like chasing a toddler, mm -hmm. helping a little two year old up, whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like full on all the time. It's like this tired that you mm -hmm. can't yeah. even explain. And I was like, yeah, I can't, it's different tired now but that's what yeah. Serinda shared when she, on her episode like it's and you're mentally tired or something I think teenagers. it's physically tired with little kids and more mentally and emotionally tired with bigger kids because mm -hmm. you're dealing especially teenagers you're trying to help them process all these things and you're worried about all these different things but with babies and toddlers you're literally just literally running around mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to keep up with them mm -hmm. so truly or yeah. not sleeping, or, mm -hmm. you know, all those physical aspects mm -hmm. of it, for sure. 
Yeah, and I think also, I guess, just trying to focus on the positive things, I guess, because there's so many hard things. Because uh, I even think about when people like, oh, how are your kids doing? Because we do have friends kind of all over the world because we lived, we were missionaries in Kenya for a few years, and we've lived in Kansas City, Missouri when we were first married. And just, you know, being plugged into those lives for so long, you have these lifelong friends. And so when they check back in with me, they're like, oh, how's each kid doing? And I'm always like, let's see, which side of how they're doing am I going to tell you? Because I could tell you like, like, this is really hard at school because of ADHD, or I can tell you, oh, he was just the lead in this, and it was great. I mean, you get to kind of choose, mm-hmm. like, and that's all happening in the same week. So I just feel like, I don't know how to put that into advice, but trying to just live off those positive things. I know a lot of the time I'm like, this is why I'm parenting. <laughs> like, this is the great thing. Like, we talked about this, like, Murphy riding his bike, right. right? I'm like, oh, my gosh, it makes me tear up almost. I don't know. There's just something about when they learn to ride their bike. Mm-hmm. And then when they learn to read and you're like, they're like, right now, Maggie Joy is sounding out everything. She literally told me, Mom, slow down. I'm trying to sound that out. And I was like, <laughs> she was saying Lord for Lord. Oh. I was like, that's, that's Lord. <laughs> it was the name of a street. <laughs> Anyway, it's just so sweet and so fun. Um, Slow down because you were literally driving past it and she was trying to sound Yes. (laughs) She just wanted me to stop so she could read the streets. Yeah, we could have a whole episode on hilarious things Maggie Joy says. But uh, did I show you the tooth fairy playground she made? No. So she lost a tooth last week. This is truly why I'm like, this is just parenting. It's worth all the hard, hard things I've heard y'all talk about on the pod. Um. She comes out of her room. (laughs) She had lost a tooth, which we all knew, and she was excited about it. And she had this piece of paper that she had colored with a crayon green, an 8.5 by 11 paper. And then it had a pop-up rainbow on it, which is not her first time making a pop-up rainbow. She actually (laughs) says she's going to be a artist when she grows up and then she says she's going to be a youtuber so her brother's like you can't be both she's like yeah i'm going to be a youtube (laughs) artist i'm going to teach people how to make things so she has truly like thinks she's going to like teach people to make pop-up rainbows it's so cute so she came out with this pop-up rainbow and then she wanted me to help make a seesaw for the tooth fairy and with paper clips she had that were going to be the handle so the tooth fairy wouldn't fall off with one of her friends and a slide that she had made it was this whole 3d thing (laughs) so she puts it up there on her pillow she made a little gift box with a bow on top with the tooth in it so the tooth fairy could have like a real gift of her tooth and in the middle of the night she comes in our room sobbing that the tooth fairy forgot to take the playground and oh. maybe they haven't come yet oh the tooth was already gone yeah the tooth is gone and she forgot to take it and she had written like for tooth fairy and like you know kindergarten writing backwards and the whole thing oh and I was like well maybe get back in bed and maybe she just couldn't carry it and has to have a friend come help her <laughs> and so we put it back she's in the top bunk because she's the boss of the world so of course she's on the top bunk um and Nate comes he like looks over me. He's like, well, I didn't know that the tooth fairy was supposed to take the thing. So yeah. Anyways, we, we worked it out. The tooth fairy came back and took it and all is well in our house, but it's just hilarious. That the, is, that is so, so funny. Cute. The things that she comes up with. And do yeah. you have a way, like, I want to do this so bad. And we've talked about this before, but like, are you like writing these things down? Like that? Oh tooth yeah. Fairy I have, story? I have books. Yeah, I haven't written that one down. I have little cute little journals that I bought from Barnes and Noble for each of them along the way and I haven't been writing in them religiously of course Natalie's has like 
a million stories of every cute thing she ever said. And I try, I usually like jot it on a note, a post-it and like throw it in the book, uh, which is cool. And then I actually have a cool idea that my friend gave me as they get older too. She does like a little um, notebook that's like conversation between mom and kid. And so it's like, you can ask mom anything and instead of asking it to my face you can write it on this paper or just tell mom how your day is going and they put it back in her room and then she responds to it kind of like a journal was that our friend from sunday school no remember how melissa and lily yeah melissa and lily do that oh no it wasn't her that's funny and it was funny because she said her son came in the other day and was like this note's for dad like it's in mom's book but this and it was basically she said it said dad if you ever need to talk about anything you're the best dad but if you ever need to talk about anything you can come and talk to me (laughs) oh he's like this little boy was so sweet so i was like that's such a cool idea because i'm just writing down the things my kids are saying Uh but for that like to have their thoughts down I've always thought, I'm like, oh, that would have been so That's cool. really good. I think I'm going to do that. I mean, you that's can't sweet. yet, but when they yeah. can write, that's really sweet. But really listen, cute. don't put it on your to-do list and feel bad if you don't get to it. <laughs> this is why I took forever to sign up for Pinterest because I was like, I'm going to see all the things I should be I, doing. I still don't have Pinterest for that reason because yeah. I knew it would make me crazy. But I do have guilt already that I haven't started some kind of something for them but does murphy know you love him <laughs> i hope so <laughs> i think he does that's what i'm saying that is exactly what i'm saying the pressure to like do all the yes. things it's so real but in the end of the day i'm like if you look back at your childhood it's like my parents really loved me and i did really fun things with them i don't know yeah. no that's so true you definitely don't think about all the or like you don't even remember and i mean not that nobody does because there's people who did grow up with trauma but if you didn't then it's not like you're sitting there thinking about that one time you got in trouble or all the times you got in trouble you're thinking about the good times you're remembering the fun stuff that you did well I do remember a few spankings (laughs) (laughs) okay so we'll transition a little bit now I wanted to talk about since um Nadine just left I didn't know if you were comfortable sharing about Maggie Joy's adoption the open adoption and kind of how that's been for your family and kind of why you chose that route I guess also um yeah well I think I always knew I wanted to do open adoption if that was the case or if that was an available for us um so I guess just a little history we start we got married we well we met in Africa me and Nate met in Senegal Nate and I, I don't know, y'all kidding. Nate and I, Nate and I met in Senegal um, <laughs> on a mission trip. He's from Oklahoma and I'm from Wilmington. And while we were there, we just fell in love with Africa. And anyways, we just loved all the kids and people so much. And it wasn't that we thought, oh, we're, we are going to adopt from Africa or anything. But I just kind of always felt like adoption would be part of my story. And then he felt the same way. So then when we started trying to have a baby and couldn't for three years, um, we were like, well, I guess we're going to adopt first and then see how this goes. And then found out I was pregnant the day that we like signed up for our home study, of course. Found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Nate told me he thought I was pregnant. And I was like, that's really rude to say to an infertile girl. <laughs> and he had no reason for saying it. And then oh, I took wow. a test and it looked negative And I got in the shower. And then I got out of the shower and went and looked at it again. And it was positive And it was super exciting. Um, anyway, so we put it on the back burner and then like, you know, stopped breastfeeding for one minute and found out I was pregnant with Sutton. (laughs) So he's like 21 months younger. Um, and then we moved home and got a little help with, from my parents, which was amazing when you have two little people to be near your parents. Absolutely. Um, and so we're like, Oh, maybe we could have a third. So 
we started the adoption process in Wilmington for, um, I don't even remember, I think it was an international adoption, and again, found out I was pregnant right away. <laughs> so then we moved to Kenya and thought, okay, well, we don't want to birth any more children. We should look into adoption. And then we ended up coming back to the States. And so we thought, well, we're, while we're in the States for a year, we'll um, look into doing adoption. And so it just made more sense for us to do one stateside because our residence was kind of in Kenya. It was a little tricky. So um, we had heard of Faithful Adoption Consultants, and they match prospective parents with birth moms. And so that just sounded really neat to me to get to know a birth mom and um, kind of get to love them and be with them along the way. And so they really are for open adoption. And so I read a lot about it and it's just really great for the kid and probably for the mom, but for the child to be able to know their story know where they came from and if they can have a relationship with that person. And so we are really, really blessed that we get to have a relationship with Nadine, who's her birth mom. Um, and like Zan said, she just left today. She came when Maggie was just a few weeks old with her mom. So Grandma Lori is how we refer to her. Um, and then she came again a couple months later. So the last time she had seen Maggie was when she was three months old. And um, then she just was working some stuff out and didn't feel comfortable coming or I imagine it was probably really hard. I can't be on that side of it. I just, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to even think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to put it out there, like, I can't think of anything more selfless. Like, people say, well, first of all, people say the dumbest things to you when you adopt. I can get there because some of them are pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, they'll also probably be in the book. But um, getting, and even today, my dad texted me and said, I saw you guys walking down the road, and it just really just was so sweet to see you all together. And um, and I just texted him back. I was like, it is was such a humbling 27 hours, and I just can't believe I get to be Maggie Joy's mom. I mean, yeah, it's just people always say, oh, because people will say, like, our your family's so great. She's so lucky. She's so lucky she gets to be in your family, and we're always like, no, we yeah. are the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that just sounds like I'm kidding or cheesy or whatever, but oh. it really is like this truth, and especially when you have a relationship with the birth mom and we're just lucky that we can because I know not every situation is like that we have lots of friends who've adopted from foster care that the children were taken from the parents care maybe they can't be with them for one reason or another so we're really lucky that we can have a relationship with her and that she's able to do it and wants to do it so she just came yesterday and left today and Maggie is six so she said, hopefully it won't be six years before I see you again now that I've kind of broken the ice. And it was just really sweet. And we had friends over last night for a pizza party. We have a pizza oven in our backyard. And she just said, she's like, I'm just taking it all in. And I'm just so grateful that you have this community with all these kids and people that support you and other adopted kids because we do have a ton of adopted kids in our um, circle. So just such a sweet. And I, again, I just, I'm so humbled that I, get to be a part of this where I get that part of it where the mom wants to know her and she is adopted as well so she's adopted from Russia and has no doesn't know her story so I think that impacts her wanting to um, have a relationship with Maggie Joy so and right now it's really easy because Maggie just wants you to color with her and play with her and Mm -hmm. 
you know, she's really welcoming. So I guess open adoption can mean a lot of things. It means that you fully have a relationship. You talk to them all the time or you send pictures or whatever, but really it just means you know who the parents are. It doesn't mean you have to have any really sort of relationship with them. It just means there's knowledge of who you are for them and who they are for you, if that makes sense. So, um, but it's just been really sweet. And of course, yeah, today, I mean, she just left a few hours ago. It was just really a sweet time of her getting to be with Maggie Joyce. So that's so cool. And like you said, I think it's going to be, it already is so good for Maggie, but I think it's going to be so good for Maggie for the rest of her life to have that connection to her biological family and like to know her story and to, and I told you that yesterday, just to like not feel like there were so many questions, Mm -hmm. but have some answers I think is so good. Okay, so I love that story. I love their relationship. The picture you sent of Nadine and Maggie was just so cute. She, they look so much alike. It's very sweet. Um, and Maggie's little peace son in the picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now just to shift a little bit, I want you to talk about, if you will, because you're really good at this, um, I, in a way that like you're good at sharing what the Lord's teaching you and like reaching out to people and saying, this is what God's teaching me right now and you want to share it with others. So I just wonder what that would be right now in your life that you feel like, um, the Lord's been showing you maybe through parenting or maybe just through what you're studying? Well, I guess overall, just, I am a super extrovert. Um, and I like to go, go, go and have a lot of things going. Um, one of the hardest things about my mom passing, which we kind of just barely mentioned, she died of a, um, stroke. It was a bleeding stroke. so kind of like an aneurysm. So like, one in the course of a few hours she like fell and then she died like 12 hours later um so it was very shocking and kind of out of the blue and we were super duper close um so for me and I guess this you can read my grief chapter (laughs) in my book um for me this was one of the most shocking things was I after that in that season of grieving I became such an introvert and what I learned during that time is abiding in Jesus. And when I'm really, really busy, I'm not abiding so much. Um, but I had to abide to survive every day. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you. I am, I'm amazed by your mom. I loved your mom so much. And I just think about her funeral all the time and how I want my funeral to be just like hers. Like, Everyone who stood up and spoke, everything about her was so amazing. And I just love, love your mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was so amazing. (laughs) Anyways, for me, I just remember like we were at someone's house for dinner, maybe like a month after she died. And I was looking at Nate. So he's the introvert and I'm the extrovert. (laughs) And it was like, I know we got there at six and it was like 705. And I was like, we have to leave. I have to get out of here. Like I've got to go home. And I just remember thinking like, how long is my personality going to be different? Like I do not want to be around people at all. Um, yeah. Anyways. And so the Lord really just showed me John 15 and I was actually doing a Bible study. Um, that Beth Moore, of course, (laughs) our hero (laughs) chasing vines. And it was all about the vine and, um, staying in the vine and it just was perfect timing, of course, as it always is. My whole spiritual timeline is Beth Moore Bible studies. Like, what did I learn? How did I grow? Well, which study was I doing at the time? Um, and I just really, like, it hit me so hard, the abiding, that it was, like, something that stuck with me. I don't do, like, a one word for the year or any of that, but it just really stuck with me. And then now I'm in Bible study fellowship, and it's John again, and it's just talking about Jesus, talking about being the shepherd and just how he knows us by name. We, 
hear his voice and we know his voice. And he doesn't just call our name and we don't just know his voice, but he leads so that we can follow and in confidence. Um, and anyways, I had just learned that this is just what's so cool about following the Lord is that I had just read that and written it down. And then I was in this class with these girls and every Friday um, for our life skills class, I'm going to do like a little not a Bible lesson, but like pull out some scripture that we can just like kind of chill and talk about for maybe five or 10 minutes and then get to know them. And there's actually a lesson in this um, life skills curriculum on Bible for like every fifth day. And so the first day was talking about um, order and we were supposed to read, which we did about the Ten Commandments and we wrote down the Ten Commandments. And there was a little story about this guy choosing to follow the Lord and choosing to follow and obey him. And so it was all about obedience and all about the Ten Commandments. And I just thought, teenagers hear so much about obedience and following these rules and following these rules. And I know when I was a teenager, the shame of not following a rule and how it would like stick with me. And I just would get so down on myself. And now knowing what I know now about the freedom of following Jesus and like there is no shame when you follow him. Um, I just was able, because I had just studied that and the words in the lesson were like, he chose to follow and obey. And I was like, actually, you guys, we do need to obey. And why are these rules here? They're here for a good purpose and all of that. Um, and then talking about him as our shepherd and us getting to follow where he leads and he's our leader and he loves us and cares for us. Anyways, it just was really sweet how God kind of does that. Like he gives you the lesson and then there's like somewhere to kind of plug it in where it makes sense and maybe can encourage someone else. I don't know. That's that's a good one for our kids too. I feel like to pass on to them, like that's an image they can understand too, like the shepherd and the sheep and following and recognizing the voice. I feel like that's a good lesson to teach kids. And you'll probably have to cut this out, but (laughs) this is a cool thing. (laughs) A girl in my small group was talking about her father-in-law owns a little farm, I guess somewhere near here or somewhere. And he wears like this red jacket and he carries a certain bucket and he has this whistle that when he calls a sheep to him, he wears it. And so they've all tried it where they all put it on and they whistle and the sheep will come out of the sheep pen and come towards them. But when they get close enough to see it's not him, they just start peeling away back to oh. the sheepfold because they're like, you're not our guy. Like, we're not going to follow you because they really know him. Anyways, I just think that's such a sweet picture and like you're saying for little kids it'd be a fun image to show them like and just how important it is for us as believers to really hear God's voice and not get tricked into thinking you're hearing God's voice or to if it's a sign or it's a I don't know you know what I mean because like they were getting tricked until they got close enough and then realized yeah that reminded me of the sermon series like how close it can sound to the right thing but you have to really know his mm-hmm. voice anyways. Yeah, that's good. Um, one other thing I was thinking about, this is off topic, but are y'all good with that? Yeah. Shifting. Um, I was thinking about how good you are. You and Nate are at hosting and having people over and just inviting people into your home, but also it's reaching to like your kids' friends. Like even every time I look over in your driveway, it seems like there's neighbors over there playing or there's Natalie's friends are over or whatever. So I just wonder like, how you kind of did that like did y'all intentionally like cultivate that vibe or like you wanted everyone over or did it just kind of happen naturally Does that make probably sense? a little bit of both I guess I definitely again 
um, grew up in a house where all the kids were at our house. I mean, my mom would make this huge crock pot of spaghetti all the time because someone might just come over and it feeds a lot of people. And my brothers were four and seven years older than me. And the one that's four years older than me, all of his friends, he's a homebody. He still is. So if they were his friends, I think they probably had to come to our house to be <laughs> friends with him. And so they did because he's really fun. Um, and so I grew up with all of them at my house all the time. And then all my friends there all the time. And my mom really liked a clean house, but she didn't care if the kids were there messing whatever up. And so I definitely, hospitality is for sure, if I think it's a gift. I don't know. I'm, sure. I'm going to call it a, a gift. gift. I'm going to uh-huh. give that to myself. Um, <laughs> I just love having people over and just having them in our home and um, and for sure with our kids because it's either they go somewhere else or they're at your house, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Natalie has – she had this 40-kid Christmas party, and it was so fun. All these kids were running around in the yard. They're probably in your yard, too, because they were playing manhunt. <laughs> and they were like, can we go? I'm like, yeah, sure, go all the yards. I mean, you've got 15 to 17-year-olds, and they're just playing cops and robbers and manhunt. I was <laughs> like, this is so fun. They did a big white elephant exchange, and it was a hot mess in our house, and it was just so fun just having all the kids there. I've always been the mom that, like, one of the things that is when I have a load full of kids in my car, and they're all just chattering and giggling and laughing. And, I mean, I took so many pictures in Kenya because we didn't have to wear our seatbelts, so we would, like, go from our house up to where the school was, just up the mountain, and I would just have this, like, load full of, like, kids all in the back just packed in the back and every time I mean every single time I was like gosh this is just so great God's just so good to give us all these kids so it's just fun Mm -hmm. to have but you do have to like turn off because I definitely like things to have their place and be in their place and you just have to kind of shut that down and realize like it'll get back around it's fine and now something I hear myself saying a lot is everything is a season And I just remember my mom saying that, like, everything's a phase. Everything's a phase. If it's hard with the kid, it's a phase, and it'll stop soon. And you've probably realized that yourselves. Mm -hmm. But now I'm instead of a phase, I'm more like seeing, like, this is a season. So, like, we were – our kids – Natalie plays volleyball, and she – Nate, one of his parenting values is making it to every ball game. Like, it is almost more important than making it to church, I think. (laughs) Not really. But, you know, he's like, I want to be at every game. It's actually – honestly why he created the practice that he has because he didn't have the flexibility in his other job and he's like I can already see like our kids are going to be doing this and I want to be at every game um and so they travel really far like sometimes two hours for an away game in the middle of the week and so we were just like if we're going to make it you know we can't keep our kids out all night I so I told him like we're gonna have to hire a sitter sometimes you know sitters are expensive so I'm like this is like a hundred dollar night and I just heard myself saying over and over it's just for a season like probably even next year we won't have to hire a sitter and and he Nate always (laughs) tell people this we left the state tournament for volleyball as our junior was finishing right and he was like almost in tears he's like I mean we just have one volleyball season left (laughs) I mean I feel like we're circling back around to that topic but it's true that it's like just this season and every season feels so so much faster you know the older they get but every season has the sweetest things and the hardest things and yeah that's what my book will be about it's like everything that is sweet is also hard and I don't know I feel like that's just that's good just how life is but if we can just share that with each other instead of Mm -hmm. putting on the fake and acting like back to the adoption thing too that for sure, like I had one person I could really share with and it was so much nicer than just putting on the fake. Cause you see the videos of like, this was when it happened is like, you see the video of the mom, like receiving the baby, like, and 
And before I had that moment myself, I would like cry watching these videos. Oh my gosh, these people, they have their baby now, blah, blah, blah. And when I watched the video of that for myself, I was like, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I was like, honey, do you see this video? Do you remember me right now? I was like, can you take her? Because they handed her to me and I looked at her and I was like, I do not know this stranger. Like I, and I like started to kind of feel panicky and I was like, and you're going to have to hold her. He's like, no, you can keep holding her. I'm like, no, I really want you to hold her. And then like, we're in the car and she's like in the car seat. And we're like, this is it. Like, there's no turning back. Like she's ours mm-hmm. now. And there's no dialogue about that. Like, you're never going to hear that from people. I don't think mm-hmm. there's some people that are going to be really honest, but I feel like that truth. And when you're walking through it, it's just so hard to, because you want to find someone you trust to say it to. Mm-hmm. I think that's really why I I've like love projects and I love doing things, but I feel like this book that God's given me to write, I just want to write it down so that one person can read that and be like, Oh yeah. Cause truly isn't like the hardest thing is loneliness. I think mm-hmm. like it's in parenting. I don't know how you can feel so lonely and have like <laughs> and <never> people <laughs> crawling all over you at all times. I just remember taking so many pictures when my kids were little from like, just here we are in the kitchen. This yeah. is like the two feet space. Here's where they all are. Uh-huh. We have like, 2,400 more square feet, but here's where they are. Right. And just, yeah. But you still feel alone. But you somehow, Uh you still feel alone. So I just feel like if you can like take that little bit of loneliness or that like this is just happening to me away from someone, I don't, I feel like. I think it's so good. And I think like you said, like just being real because so much of the loneliness comes from thinking everyone else doesn't, everyone else has it all together. Everyone else is feeling you know, surely it and struggling with this or surely it and dealing, you know, and so then you're just like, I'm the only one and you're in this rabbit hole of like, I don't know. And so I just think how much of a disservice you're doing to your friends by acting like you have it all together. So it's really not helpful. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, I heard someone say that about a clean house. It's like, if you only invite people over when your house looks perfect, that really just makes your friends whose house isn't perfect feel bad. <laughs> like, oh, God, they've really got all, even though you know you were on your hands and knees scrubbing the floor before they got here because you wanted to think it's perfect, but really it's not. It's just perfect right now in these five minutes because I knew you were coming over kind of thing. And it's just like That's that. why I just stop in your house without Ugh, telling you. It drives her crazy. <laughs> I know the truth now. It's not always perfect, guys. Here's but, the truth. <laughs> but I will say your house is, Becky, somehow, even though you're like flexible and cool and easy and whatever, your house always just looks really Just stop texting good. me right before you come over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, that was good. Hannah, you have any fun questions for Becky before we wrap it up? Oh, Becky, (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I don't know. Um, what were we, Oh, do you have any goals? I guess we're still in January. So do you have any goals for the new year? I try not to make goals (laughs) because then I feel like I don't achieve the goals and then I feel sad about it. Um, but I am trying to drink more water. I don't have a goal. And actually I feel really guilty about this because I just did the next level. I mean, the next lesson for my girls in my life skills class and it's executive functioning. And one of them is making smart goals, you know, like Uh measurable, attainable, whatever. So I was like, dang, I'm going to have to like put some numbers down about my water, I guess, and try to do it. (laughs) And I do want to just try to move every day, which I feel like I move all day, every day, Mm -hmm. but sort of some sort of out in the world moving goal. And I already met my getting my nursing license renewed. So I feel like I'm good for this year. That's (laughs) great. I got to figure out my teaching stuff. Speaking of. Have Um, you, um, have you guys heard lately about like putting Himalayan like or like sea salt or like pink sea salt in your water for electrolytes. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. It's very important. 
I was actually just listening to that Have on the you way done here. It yet? I knew no. about the like lemon every morning in your water. Well, this uh-huh. is just like because if you're not ha- having enough electrolytes, then the water you're not actually hydrating yourself. And so now they're saying just put like a dash of hmm. like sea salts or like pink sea salt in your water, and that's enough electrolytes to get it to like actually hydrate your body and stuff. Interesting. Okay, I have a new so, goal. Add salt. One thing I was going to say about goals, I just saw this last night and I sent it to our friend Heather. It said, when you're setting a goal, don't think about what do I want to do on my best days, but like what can I still get done on my worst day so that you're not setting an unattainable goal, but like you're setting something that you know you can do, even if it ends up being a really bad day or really, you know, things come up, whatever, but I can still get this goal met. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a good outlook yeah. to think about. Like, for example, you know, if you're going to walk, you want to go on a walk every day, what can I do on my worst? I can probably do a mile every day. Mm-hmm. But if you said, I'm going to do five miles every day, it's like setting yourself up to fail or to not make yeah. it. That's good. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> <laughs> This was fun. Thank you so much, Becky. We've yes. been wanting to have you on for forever. You're, we think you're such a good mom and a good friend, and um, we just really admire you. I, really I do. love you guys. It's so fun because I was originally friends with your parents first because you guys were just so young. Yeah. And I realize we're now like I'm basically you're in between me and my mom basically because you're about to be 45. I'm about to be 35, and my mom's 50, 55, yeah. 56. So we're like all right there together. Yeah, um, it's just 10 years so apart. fun. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, listeners, and we will see you next week.